You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with J and J. Are we now? No, I shouldn't say this. I'm gonna start over. <laughs> Go ahead. We're in the third week of. 2023. Yes, we are. And I'm excited that we're actually going to start off with our first series on this podcast. We've done some part twos, but we've never done a series. No, never. We've actually had some encouragement or maybe some counsel, godly counsel to actually do a series. We're going to do one. We've had some ungodly counsel to do a series as well, and we're just rejecting (laughs) that, even though it was a good idea. I'm kidding. That is a funny joke. <laughs> no, we actually had God accounts, and I think it's helpful. Both of us, we just love to ha- talk about what's in our heart at the time. Isn't that what we've done? Or what's on our mind. <laughs> Let's not elevate this to our heart or on our mind. <laughs> the spot of our heart where yes. the soul and the spirit meet, more of the soulish realm is what we yeah, deal with. The crossroads. The crossroads. I'd but- like to talk to you about what's on my crossroads. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that is, so I'm interested in hearing as well. But seriously, we're going to do our first series, and I think it's yep. a really great time to do it because we're rolling right into 2023. Mm-hmm. We're almost done with the first month of 2023, and a mm-hmm. great way to start off the year is prayer. I would agree. Right. And I'd mentioned this. I want to re-say them. Uh, it's the Pichinati seven P's of planning. Yes, please. Uh and the first one is this, pray. Before we plan to do anything, we should pray. We were encouraged by Pastor Mark to look over two sections of scriptures before 2023 in preparation for 2023. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 3, where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your understanding. In all, all your, your ways, ways acknowledge yeah. him. And we have this promise that he will direct our paths. Absolutely. And then I believe it's Psalm 37. Where it says, trust in the Lord, do good, dwell in the land, feed on Mm -hmm. his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will direct your paths. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Yes, yes, sorry. He'll give you the desires of your heart. I was thinking of the next part. Commit your ways to him, and he shall bring them to pass. Amen. Commit. I like this terminology that David uses in Psalm 37, because commit your way to the Lord. If you're looking at a new King James Version, have a paper Bible. You hear that? That's my paper Bible on the table. (gasps) Ooh, Sorry. Hold your thought. Okay. So me and my brother-in-law have a Christmas tradition now where we, every year, the only gift that we give each other, and it's only kind of a gift for one person because we are exchanging each year, we give each other my great-grandfather's Bible from the war. So this year I get it. And it's like really, really old and tattered, and it's amazing. And he used that. A French person, he was in France in the war, and a French person in the street said, I need to give this to you. And like told him to read it. And so my great grandfather has all these scriptures underlined in it. So that's so cool. That's the Bible I have right now. And so, and it's beat up and tattered. Yeah. A person with a beat up and tattered Bible normally has a life that isn't. It's from like 1803. That's when it was originally. This was the Great War, the First World War. World War I. Wow. Wow. Anyway, sorry. You were talking about your Bible. Yeah. That's paper noises there, folks. (laughs) In Psalm 37. In the footnote of the New King James Version Bible where it says, commit your way to the Lord, actually means to roll off onto. Yeah. And I think of being burdened by my way sometimes. And you might have to just roll them off onto the Lord and taking them to him in relationship and prayer and commitment, uh, something you're really passionate about, kind of a message of your heart 
consecrating those things to the Lord, he'll bring them to pass. That's a confident expectation we have. So Pastor Mark encouraged us, meditate on those, go into 2023. If you haven't done that, church, you can still do it now. It's better late than never, right? Yeah. Tell them the tree. Come on, talk to them about the tree. Oh, the best time to plant a tree was 25 years ago, 30 years ago. Second best time? Right now. Amen to that. Roll those cares off. You ever been in a CrossFit gym where you're allowed to just slam the weights? Sounds amazing. I've been into one before. I work out out at a gym where you're not allowed to do that and people do it. And then the people at the front desk come upstairs and like, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? Well, anyways, been in one of those gyms and I was squatting weight that was a little too heavy. And you finally get to the last rep and you literally just get to roll that thing off and watch it slam on the floor. It's really satisfying. In the same way... You're going to have some satisfaction when you start rolling those things off onto the Lord. Man, we're going to talk about prayer. That's number one. Start 2023 off with prayer. But here, then plan, place it on a calendar, prepare for what you've placed on the calendar, promote it, perform it, and then give God praise for everything that he does. The seven P's of planning. So we're going to do a series on prayer and really... The way the Apostle Paul prayed Mm -hmm. through four of the prayers of Paul, the Pauline prayers, which we can call. And we're going to start off with the one that I probably know the best, and we do. So if you want, Pastor Jonathan, you can pull up the prayer. It's in Ephesians 1, 15 through 23, really 15 through the rest of the first chapter of Ephesians. And it's kind of cool with these letters to these different churches to know the background of what was going on at those churches Ephesus was the first place that Paul, when he went to Asia Minor, I always, I'm like, what's the deal with Asia Minor? Why was it called Asia? I don't know that. Because I don't really think of Turkey as Asia. Man. But it's, that's where Ephesus is. It's on the coast of Turkey. And Paul and Priscilla and Aquila arrived there in 52 AD on a ship. And there was no Christian influence in that city at all at that time. They showed up. Paul spent some time there, and from that three-year time that Paul was there, they believe that all seven of the churches mentioned in Revelation started during his missionary stay. Um, What am I trying to look for? Maybe the foundation or the core church of Mm -hmm. Ephesus, the other churches were birthed from that. So really powerful, and the prayer starts on verse 15. Mm -hmm. Let's read it. Are you, which, New King James? I'm in New King James, if that's okay with you. Yeah, that's what I'm into. Verse 15 says, Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. Should I read the whole thing or just do verse by verse? Um, what do you you're, you're going to go down through 21? 23. Oh, sure. Uh, well, let's go verse by verse. Okay. Let's just start there. Yeah. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, verse 16, I'll do too, do not cease to give thanks mm-hmm. for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Yeah. What stands out to me here, and you can talk about yep. what stands out to you, but what stands out to me is the motivation of Paul's prayer. He says, since I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love for all the saints, all the other believers, I didn't cease to give thanks and make mention of you yeah. in my prayers. Normally, I'm motivated to pray for people when I hear of what's not going well in yeah. their life. And this podcast really started off as a time for us to share what we've learned in maintenance and some nifty little things. And I'm thinking That's of a exactly statement. what I was going to say. 
Maintain what is good. Yeah, that's what I'm going to talk about. You can say it. Okay, it's better to maintain what is good than to revive what is dead. Yeah, fix what is broken. Oh, yeah, fix what is broken. Either that's way, literally works. Same wavelength here. Same Praise spirit. God, same spirit. Yeah. And I realized, Pastor Mark, our job was to keep the great property that we've been given by the grace of God and what God's called us to do, to keep it in a great state. But when we pray with somebody to get saved, they haven't really necessarily become a disciple yet. They've just become a convert. They've just been burst into the kingdom. The motivation of their decision to get on fire for the Lord, that time when the joy of the Lord, of their salvation is strong in them, it's a time to pray for that, that it would remain good, that it right. wouldn't fall and they need prayer to get back to where they were, yeah. that they would go from faith to faith and glory to glory. And I don't know if I've always lived a life that has had that persistence of prayer for those mm -hmm. that I've started in relationship with. Yeah. I can fall off. I can grow weary in the well-doing of prayer. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I'm reminded, you know, just another way to say that same statement of maintaining what is good and fixing what is broken. So many times people put a security system in their house after the house gets broken into. Yeah. Um, when the smart thing to do is everything's going well and you want to keep it that way. So you put a security system in place. That's kind of what I see here in Paul. It's like, I heard of your great faith. I heard that you're crushing it. You're killing it. So now even more, I'm praying for wisdom and guidance and, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm he's undergirding, being an, I'm undergirding. lifting up, I'm bearing I'm being you an up. Aaron, I'm being a her. I'm <laughs> lifting your arms. Yes. Because it, it, it didn't do Moses. No, it wasn't Moses. Um, yes, it was. It was Moses. Sorry, I was, yeah. It was Aaron. Moses. I was like, where was Joshua? He was fighting. <laughs> he was down on the front yeah, lines. Yeah, it wouldn't do him any good to let his arms fall and then lift him up, right? Ooh, that's good. Right? So when things are going well, that's the time that you want to... Uh, uh, pray and, and add your supply even more so. Yeah, that's great. And I think that's what, what we're both saying here. Yes. And verse 16 also says that he didn't cease to give thanks or make mention of them in his prayers. It reminds me of what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 to pray without ceasing, but yeah. he takes it to another level. Not only is he saying that he's praying without ceasing, he doesn't cease to give thanks for right. them in his prayers. So not only... I mean, talk about the levels that we can go to in prayer. Not just that, I God, I just want to commune with you because this is about you and I and that we can grow, but also that I'm not just taking me right. to the presence of God. I'm taking, taking my friends. I'm taking yeah. the ones God's called me to, the ones that God has given me influence over into prayer. What a calling of God that right. we can grow to. Yeah. How many times are we making mention of other people in our prayers usually we're only doing that when something screwed up is going on in their lives that we know about. Right. And I just want to have a heart. I'm just thinking of, we just had recently in the past couple of months, we had a youth service. So many people have come up to me and said, man, it was so awesome to hear your youth share in the main service. How many of those people, and it's something to grow into that when they would hear one of those youth share about how the healing power of God works through them, or they are convicted of their faith in high school and they're bringing friends to youth. When they hear that, they go, God, keep that youth going. God, yeah. I pray that they would stay strong. I pray that they would continue to mm -hmm. grow in that. So often we go, that's really cool. And then we don't pray for someone right. again until it falls. I'm rehashing the same point. But I feel like that's a negative pathway we normally go into prayer when God's called us yeah. to not just chase fires, but really lay tracks for people that they can continue to grow on in their faith in God. Uh, let's jump into verse 17. Yeah. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And that's the Holy spirit. 
I really believe when Paul prays to be given the spirit of wisdom in Revelation, that is a way to refer to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's referred to different things. He's referred to as our comforter, our paraclete. There's some other spirits that he's referred to as like the spirit of truth. But one or a couple things, wisdom and revelation. I think that's really powerful because when I'm praying for the spirit of wisdom, it's good to know the difference is between knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Knowledge is to just kind of know the framework of something. Understanding is really to understand how that works. But wisdom has to do with obedience and application of understanding. Right. That means the Holy Spirit, when I pray unto him and he's the spirit of mm. revelation and wisdom, that wisdom, yeah. he's going to tell me exactly how right. to obey the word of God. Yeah, Pastor Mark says wisdom is knowledge applied. Ooh, that's a good way to I put think, it. I read this too, and he's like, hey, I see that you're loving people. This is awesome. Loving people is going to require a deeper understanding and revelation and wisdom from God. I just think about, um, I can love people in my own strength for, for so long, but to have the God kind of love for someone, it's going to take um, some wisdom and some revelation in those areas. Um, and we know that revelation just literally means peeling back of layers. So you think you know something and you might know something on its first, first degree. Right. Um, but there's so many facets to all aspects of God. Right. Um, I, I mean, I think that's a great thing to pray of yourself and pray over other people that we would have wisdom and revelation that all the facets that we need to learn would be revealed in the proper time, in the proper season. Yes. And uh, it, it all comes back to him. The knowledge of him. Revelation. So many people pray for, pray for things that they don't think they already have possession of. Yeah. Revelation only reveals, to some degree, what you already have right. in the knowledge of him. I believe Peter said that we would have all things pertaining to life and godliness through what? Yeah, the knowledge, knowledge of him. For anything that we need, it comes from us going on a deep dive into what yeah. we already have in right. Christ. Right. Well, that also reminds me of what is said in Proverbs, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One, which is Jesus, is understanding. There it is. Okay, verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. I like this a little bit. Actually, a lot of it. I like this. A How can bit. I say that? I like it just a little. That's not true. I like it a lot. The eyes of your understanding. Some translations don't say understanding. There's a footnote for understanding. Yeah. And that word understanding can also mean heart. The yeah. eyes of your heart being flooded with light or being enlightened. It makes me think of how much of our Christianity is locked up in the box of our brain and never gets to our heart. Paul's really praying that this doesn't just stay surface level, that the eyes of our heart, where we make decisions, a heart isn't just the spirit. It's the spot where the spirit and the soul meet together. It's crossroads. the seed of those. The crossroads, <laughs> we already talked about it. We didn't even know we were prophesying about it. But yeah, it's that crossroads spot. It's the 18-inch journey. It's the longest road some of us will ever go on, and it's 18 inches. It's from the head to the heart. You're taking me on a journey. Come on. I'm, I'm doing That's a worship song, and if you know, you know. Come on. It's simple gospel. Simple gospel. Great CD, but it's true. Pastor Mark, again, I like to give honor where honor's due. The greatest gap to know, known to mankind is what? Uh, the, the gap between um, knowledge and application. Yeah, concept and application. Concept, concept and application. I, I'm sorry, I throw these on you thinking you know. No, okay. I was thinking about what I was going to say about this. Well, I'll just keep going. You can think about it. Don't okay. worry about responding to what I say. I'll say it. You have your own words. 
But I think sometimes we get caught in that great chasm. The greatest chasm is not the Grand Canyon. It's what we know to do and what we actually do. And the reason is, is we've never connected to the heart. And when we start to connect to the heart, we can grow. Yeah. And I, I like that it says this, that we would know what is the hope of his calling. So often we pray and we think about what we have. But just as I talked about consecration, it doesn't say the hope of our calling. And a lot of times when we pray this, we say, God, show me what the hope of my calling is. Well, it's his calling. Well, it's his calling for you, but don't lose that part that it's not just your calling. Before it was your calling, it's his calling. You're picking up, you're carrying his cross, right. you're carrying his plan for your life. Yeah, yeah I, I see this. Um, we talked about this a few podcasts ago, but I, I, I take this prayer, this part of this prayer um, specifically as a uh, an opportunity to recalibrate um, because we can do, we can be doing a lot of good things. Um, but if it's not the right thing, right, there's a whole book that John Bevere wrote, good or God, not to say that what he thinks that this church was doing was good and not God, but it's always good to pray these prayers and recalibrate like what you were just talking about, the hope of his calling. I can be doing a lot of things and they could be advancing the kingdom of God, but God has a specific calling for us. And every once in a while, we need to recalibrate and realign and make sure we're on mission and we're on vision with what he's calling us to do, right? Because right. our own calling and his calling kind of, there's a gray area in between because a lot of the things that you want to do on your own could potentially be very, very good. There, there's nothing wrong with them. But if it's not what God's calling you to do, you're missing the mark just a little bit. Right. And just going back to him in prayer is a great way, again, to start 2023. Mm -hmm. It's useful in this time. It says here, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? So there's a couple ways of looking at this, a personal way and, and a more of a I don't I want to say a sharing way but a different way to look at it. You can look at it this way that we have an inheritance of people that we can have. Psalm 2:8 which was spoken prophetically concerning Jesus says, uh, pray and I will ask ask me and I will give you the heathen or the nations yeah. as your inheritance. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that Paul earlier said that uh, they had such a love for the saints that the greatest thing we can ever devote our life to are the people that Jesus spilled his blood for. But also you can look at this as what is the importance of me as God's inheritance? Jesus paid, God paid the ultimate price in himself through his son to possess us as his inheritance. I just shared this from a memory from 2014 on Facebook, but I said, what if Jesus was is important to us as we are to him? Would our life look different? Yeah. Jesus sees us so important that he gave his life for us. What if Jesus was important to us as we are to him? And I think when we pray this, show us, God, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? We see how important we are to him. And when we see that, we want to invite people into the benefit of being in the family of God. Say, hey, yeah. it's to be a part of a family. It's to be God's inheritance. Right. He paid such a price so I can be his family. It causes us to live different. Right. Yeah, ditto to all of that. I just also think, you know, um, what people inherit when other people leave, like it's what people leave behind. And so when Jesus died, he obviously didn't stay there, but he rose, but he left us an inheritance, which we can only find in the word of God. 
Um, so there are things that because we're a part of the family, we now have a legal right to an inheritance that can only be discovered when we deep dive into his word. So there's a couple of ways of looking at this. Exactly. Um, inheritance means a lot of things, but this is just one aspect, one side of the mountain, right? Um, looking at and being familiar with the promises of God, being familiar with what he paid for, which ultimately or first and foremost was relationship with him. But that sozo kind of life. Well, which uh, you want to go ahead and tell us what Sozo is? Saved, healed, set free, made whole, prospered. Yeah, delivered all those, all those things, right? Those are what we're inheriting when we have our new life in Christ. And it really can influence our behavior. Yeah. I believe that. I have watched a show that reflects the depiction of the royal family. In England, and a big part of it was the queen, God rest her soul, <laughs> uh, she would get mad at certain members of the family because they weren't acting in line with what they had inherited. They're yeah. like, don't you realize you're part of the crown? How can right. you act that way? Right. And when you realize the benefits of what you're walking in, some of the purpose of that is so that you change your behavior. Uh, a princess, if she really realizes she is a princess, isn't going to walk through mud. She's going to ride in the carriage. Right. What things are we trudging through that we wouldn't trudge through if we had the revelation yeah. of the hope of his calling and the glory of his inheritance yeah. in the saints? And I'll say this real quick. You know, uh, in this podcast, we tend to bounce off of each other's ideas. He'll say something that sparks something in me that sparks something in him. And sometimes you might be reading scripture. You may not necessarily have tons of revelation on it, but hearing someone else's revelation helps you gain another uh, level of understanding on that scripture. That's why I encourage you to look up commentaries and stuff like that. Like I'm a big fan of that. Sometimes I'll read a scripture and go, I don't necessarily know what that means. So then I'll listen to what somebody else's idea of what that means is. And then that will spark something else, even in me, all of it, I think being birthed from the Holy spirit, but it's good to gain some understanding from fellow believers, yeah. even if you don't necessarily know what it is um, that you're looking at and it'll help you. Amen. Yeah. Shall we go to the next? This is the study tool. Verse? Yep. Go for it. Verse 19 says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power? So not only should we know the inheritance, but we should know the power. And in a different translation, it says, The same power to the same degree. Uh, which goes into verse 20. I'm going to read both verses, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places that our ability to believe, we talk a lot about faith here at the church and for my namesake, John, the disciple whom Jesus loved and had the revelation <laughs> of that. He said, the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. And the reason is to those who believe, we are given this amazing, immense power. And a different translation says it's the same power to yeah. the same degree. Yeah. And that's sobering. Well, isn't, that, isn't that what he said in Romans? Same power that, that raised Christ from the dead, <laughs> from the dead, <laughs> quickens our mortal bodies, right. or lives in us. We even write a song about it. The same power that conquered the grave. That's right. I was literally me. just thinking the same power. <laughs> you need to bring conquered that one back on a Sunday night, man. Is in me. Yeah. So good. But that's sobering because we can go, yeah, very cool. Yeah. Christ lives in me. Same power raised the dead. We can sing it. <laughs> but do our lives reflect that reality? Do our lives reflect a risen Christ? Not all the time. Those that believe that that's true, really believe it. I'm not condemning anyone. I'm throwing myself in the boat. But what a spot to 
in 2023, spend time with God and be like, man, I want to know this, that I know this, that I know this, so I can start walking in the same power to the same degree. Amen. Should we move on? Yeah, verse 21. I'm going to read it. Read it. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. So let me read those together. Yeah, read 20 and 21 which together. he worked in Christ. We're talking about the same power, right? This is the power that lives in us. It's available to us, and this is what it has done. It is worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. That's a comma there. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. That's part of the seven pieces of preparation right there, or of planning. He's promoting. <laughs> Come yeah. on. In verse 9 of Philippians 2, Paul says almost the identical thing. He says, therefore, God has also exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. Verse 11, too. I just can't stop. And that Every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It makes you just want to go, yay, Jesus. Like, that's awesome. Go God. But Paul's really making a connection to the church and the believers. Yeah. It's not just about Christ. The big theme of Ephesians is that we are his body. Right. So have to realize that if it's true for Christ. Right. It's true for me. It's true for you, yeah. Jonathan. Thank you. And there should be somewhat. I mean, I'm not the best at this, but I want to have such a real relationship with people where to some degree they can hold my feet to the fire. Like, come on. You're yeah. a part of the body of Christ. Why are you being pushed around by this? Why are you acting? Why are you trudging through the mud and not living up right. to the inheritance of the royalty that we are? Right. I think this is why it's really important to be... To, to know the full counsel of the word. That's what we talk about when we're talking about different ways to, to study the Bible. And a lot of times we just, what we would call cherry pick a certain verse. And sometimes it's for our benefit, sometimes it's for our detriment, but sometimes only reading about something in one verse gives us very limited understanding. He's really talking about all this power that has been, a, that raised Jesus from the dead. And he's putting all things under his feet and boom, boom, boom. Again, it makes you go, go Jesus. But get, reading the whole counsel of the word, like you just said, we realize that he's our body. We realize if we read the gospels, Jesus said that he's given us the keys to the kingdom, which is authority, right? And if we're seated with him, at the right hand of the Father. That means all this stuff that he's talking about, Jesus, is available to us. All, all exactly. that stuff is under our feet as well. So I'm just kind of reiterating what you're saying, but being a student of the full counsel of the word, you get you get more of a broad viewpoint of what he's talking about here. Yes. He's mentioning it in different letters. Jesus is mentioning it. Um, get it. Putting all those puzzle pieces together is crucial. And you had mentioned authority. I think verse 22, yeah. I'm going to read 22 yep. and 23, really go into authority. Yeah. Sorry. And I read, I read ahead in my own mind. I was... You're okay. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So pastor Mark uh, has been talking about authority. And this is great to understand that he put all things under Jesus's feet. Great. Yes. Yay, Jesus moment, but also realize that we are part of his body. And I know Brother Hagen uh, talked about this in probably his most notable book, The Believer's Authority, about the fact that if we are his body and that we are seated uh, far above all principalities, powers, might, and dominion, every name that is named, you know, if we are yeah. seated, even if we are the skin underneath the big toe of Jesus, 
We are seated far above all those problems, which when we pray, that perspective is really powerful because the perspective to some degree reflects our faith. So if we're coming into prayer, oh God, I hope I can get to you and I hope I can get my head above the water of this situation and hopefully I can get enough faith to move the enemy. Man, we're not praying from the position that we've been given spiritually in Christ because we are seated with him far above. And it just makes me think that's a whole different view. You get a whole different view of something when you're in a plane. Things yep. seem smaller. Distances seem smaller. All these things come to you in a new light. And it's worth it to read the Bible before you pray, yeah. meditate, practice the presence of God. Um, what That acknowledgement yeah. of pray, lectio. Right. Pray, reflect, ask, and yield. Yeah. Or pause. It's pause, pause and pray. Pause. Yeah. yeah. Pausing and Getting to a spot so you can stand in faith in your prayers to realize, man, I'm a part of the body of Christ. Yeah. I'm seated above this. I'm not uh, trying to get a hope of a prayer up to God that sticks. I'm praying from a spot of authority. Yeah. I, I don't have anything else to add to that. I kind of said that a little earlier. I, if you're into sports, here's another way to look yeah. at it. And it, I thought of this one day. That That perspective is like that of an... A coordinator in a football arena, you know how they have spots up in the booth, yeah. and actually quarterbacks have a mic in their headset, yeah. so they can see the whole play, and it just comes from that. Right. I mean, I see the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, a lot of time being super stressed out, but then I see the video of the guy up there with a Coke Zero, and he's yeah. just chilling up, and he sees a whole different view. It's a different perspective, and yeah. it's a spot of confidence mm-hmm. that I believe God wants us to pray from. Amen. Let's look at verse twenty-three. Already said, but let's refresh it. Which is his body. That's you and me, folks. The fullness of him who fills all in all. Do you see yourself as full? Because God does. The church is the fullness that fills everything with itself. Fills all in all. He is the head of the church. I love the message translation. We're not looking at different translations. Do you have it there? (laughs) I have the passion translation. but The message translation, Pastor Mark mentioned this when he talked about the church. He said that... Though a church is not peripheral to the world, the world is peripheral to the church. The church is the fullness of God that fills everything with himself. So you and I need to see ourselves as full, yeah. that we have something to share. I mean, you can say, man, hey, Pastor Jonathan, I just want to tell you something. You're full of it. You're full. Man, you're just full of it. I am full of the glory of God, full of the knowledge of him. But that fullness is found in his church. Right. Realize it's harder to be full if you're outside of the church, because the place he's pouring out his glory, his revelation, his power is in the church. You got to get under the spout where the glory comes out, right? Come on, that's good. <laughs> that's that's what I'm talking out. about. Uh, different perspectives. You see, when you come to this, like, man, I'm going to pray and I'm going to pray for people and I'm praying for these people who are doing good things and I want them to grow, to realize that I have the same power available to me that raised Christ from the dead, that... I'm seated with Christ above all the situations that I need to pray about and that I'm full of the glory right. of God to pray from that spot. Yeah. Great revelation coming from this prayer. Right. I like, and I could be, this could be a stretch, but when it says, which is his body, the fullness of him, that's Jesus. We are the fullness of him. I think us operating in our God-given calling, everything that was read beforehand, all like we're filling him. Does that make sense? Like, not that Jesus is lacking anything, but when we say, like, full of joy, you know, like, that really, like, when we spend time with people that we love, we say, man, my heart is full. Yeah. 
Yes. Right? The fullness of him. Like, I just think his body operating in the authority that was purchased for them and the call that was purchased for them brings him a sense of satisfaction and fullness. Well, I think you can say that. And part of the reason I think you can say that is if you look at the same chapter we were in in Philippians 2, I'm flipping in my Bible. Listen to what Paul says because I think he has the same heart that you're sharing. Verse one says, therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. That Mm. when we relate in the body in a certain way, man, Paul was just an apostle. He was just a part, a water hose that God used to start a church in Philippians, but it made Paul's heart super super joyful. Yeah. How much more the Father's heart and Jesus' heart as right. the head of the church. Right. You know, I I remember talking to my Aunt Tara about this once. Um, oh, gosh, I just totally forgot where it is. It's in Jeremiah. Je- the joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah, Nehemiah 10. Nehemiah, sorry. I think that's it. Um, and so she was breaking that down and actually got some revelation on it. Um, she said the joy of the Lord, um, like she read it this way, like what brings him joy gives you strength and just thinking about being in the will of God brings him joy. When you're under the will, when you're under the spout where the glory comes out, it's giving you strength. Mm. All right. So the joy of the Lord being your strength, it's like, how can I position my life in a way that brings the father joy? And in his joyness, I find strength. I just thought that was a cool way to look at it. This is a great. Joyness. That's not really a word. In his joyness. (laughs) Your joyness. In his joyfulness. (laughs) You join us. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> these are all these for this whole series, these prayers that we're going to share on the Pauline prayers, great prayers to get in your heart and pray in this like manner, not praying in vain repetition, but it's good to hide the word in your heart as Psalm 119 says, so that you may not sin against God. And I think brother Hagen said this or Mark Hankins, but the way he learned it is that he just left his paper Bible open to this yeah. section of scripture and he put it on his coffee table. And anytime he passed by walking throughout his house, he walked by it, he would read, read the it. prayer and get in his heart to pray over himself, to pray over those in his life. So as we end this podcast, before we do the wisdom of the day, would you mind reading from verse 15 through 23 so we can just read it all together? Yes, I would. I think I think it was Brother Hagen who originally did that, and I think then Mark Hankins was like, I, I decided to do this for a year, or vice versa. Both of them have read the scriptures numerous times. I, I think you're right. All right, let's go ahead and um, read this all, all together now. Verse 15, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is in his, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all." That's like one long sentence. I just re- realized that. I'm like, oh, 
comma, oh, comma. <laughs> Man, that was long. Yeah, it was a mouthful. I know. I was reading great, and I messed up on the last line. No, you did great. I was going to say very well read. It's Thank not you. easy to read on demand. No. But it's a skill that should be uh, practiced. Yeah. You never it's, know. It's good to practice it with your Read. brother in Christ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's the wisdom of the day? Obviously, that's all wisdom. Yeah. It's hard when you just read scripture. But is there anything from this prayer that stands out to you today? Um, I liked, um, we both kind of touched on this, uh, but you more so, um, w- you know, royal families act differently and are expected to act differently. So um, not haughty, right? Not getting a big head about you, but knowing um, what your worth is and making sure that every decision, um, and, and way you conduct yourself is honoring to what was, what was paid for you and living, living, uh, not living below, um, what has been purchased for you. Yeah. Thank you. That's great. I want to emphasize the very first verse, verse 15, it says, therefore, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you. Remembering the motivation of why I pray for people and not getting in debt. That's a hard terminology, but in debt to prayer. There's people that God's called me to minister to that if I wait until they get in trouble to start praying for them, I'm praying from a spot of indebtedness. I don't want to be in debt. I want to be out ahead. I want them to be out ahead of all the trials and tribulations equipped with the supply of the spirit that they partly get because I've been praying for them. And I believe God's called us to have that kind of influence in people's lives. It's better to maintain what is good than fix what is broken. Mm. And building some spiritual equity in your own life and other people's lives. I just think about it this way. Like when I'm budgeting for, you know, if I'm constantly putting money away and then I have to take a hit, I'm not going to go into the negative because I've built up some equity. I've put some money away. Um, That may not apply like perfectly as a one-to-one ratio here, but I'm just thinking about that when we're building people up in our prayer life, if I believe that there's power in prayer, I'm building them up. If they take a hit, it's not like, man, drain the account. You yeah, know what I'm saying? In marriage, we talk about the love tank and yeah. making a deposit to the love tank. Yes. How great of a demonstration of love is it to actually pray for someone from mm. your own heart? Yeah. Huge, huge deposit. Right. Man, good stuff. Um, I'm looking forward to next week. We'll, uh, we'll read like Ephesians Paul, 3. Part 2. Yeah. Um. That's what it's going to be called. Praying like Paul. Yeah. Pray like Paul. Who prays like Jesus? So it's all good. Right? <laughs> all right. He said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. All right. I'm going to pray this out. Is that okay? <laughs> as long as it's like Paul, which is like Jesus, which is like the Father, which is going to be revealed by the Spirit. A lot of pressure, but I'm going to go for it. Pray Father- on demand. <laughs> Father God, thank you so much that you are faithful. You are good. Father God, I thank you that you are giving us the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know you better. Jesus said... Uh, to, to know you is to have eternal life, to know. So praise God. I'm butchering that. But <laughs> man, you put so much pressure on my prayer. But God, you still hear me. So God, we thank you that you've given us power. You've given us authority. you seated us in a high place with you. And God, I just thank you for what is to come through this podcast. I, I pray again. I, I just hold up those that are listening, Father God, that their faith in you would grow and their love for other believers would grow. And uh, they'll get to the next podcast in a better state than they are right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Be meditating on Ephesians 1, and then the next time you hear us, we'll be reading Ephesians 3. All right. See you next time. Catch us next time. Whatever it is. Next time.